This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. Coming to you from San Antonio, from our home, and some of you are watching in church on the giant screen right now. So glad that you are. And others are watching from their homes because you couldn't get into the service today. I have a great message from the Lord for all of us, a message that will encourage our hearts and help us tremendously to deal with the challenges of life that we are facing today. Titled, The Benefits of Following the Holy Spirit, Part 2. The Benefits of Following the Holy Spirit, Part 2. Let's begin reading from Matthew 17 and verse 24. I'm going to be using the New Living Translation. On their arrival in Capernaum, the tax collectors for the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Of course he does. Peter replied. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked Peter, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the foreigners they have conquered? They tax the foreigners, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, The citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake, the Sea of Galilee, and throw in a line, one line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you will find a coin. Take that coin and pay the taxes for both of us. That was probably a gold coin in the mouth of that fish. Now, I wonder how many times that has happened in history. Probably only once in all of history. Now, remember this. The Lord Jesus had the money to pay the taxes. Judas Iscariot was carrying the money bag. This instruction from the Lord to Peter, was not for the purpose of getting money for taxes because the Lord had the money. Judas was carrying it in his bag. No, it was for the purpose of teaching Peter that his future financial provision is wrapped up in following the Holy Spirit's guidance. He was training Peter to understand for the rest of Peter's ministry and life, his financial provision would come by simply following the Holy Spirit. He was learning that abundant grace is in God's guidance. Say that, abundant grace is in God's guidance. And abundant provision is in following God's plan for your life. Say that, abundant provision 
is wrapped up in following God's plan for my life. Now, this instruction of the Lord Jesus to Peter to get money out of a fish to pay taxes seems strange to the natural mind. Seems strange to all of us. This is how we're going to pay our taxes. Go down, throw in one hook, and you will catch one fish. Open it up the mouth, and you'll find a gold coin in there. It'll pay all of our taxes. Very strange. So does the Lord's instruction to give a handful of bread and a handful of fish to 10,000 people. So does his instruction to take the net out the left-hand side of the boat and throw it in the right-hand side of the boat, and 153 fish came from nowhere. They all got the memo from the north, south, east, and west and flam swam right into that net. As soon as Peter or the disciples threw the net out of the boat, only about four, maybe three meters, four meters, five meters at the most, from where it was originally. So does his instruction to fill water pots with water and take some of that water to the master of ceremonies for the wedding feast. See, all of these instructions are simple to carry out, but very strange. So does God's instruction to march around the city of Jericho seven days and shout, a great shout, because God's given us the city and the walls fell down. That's a strange way of knocking walls down. All these instructions seem so strange, but supernatural miracles and provision happened by simply following God's guidance. Can we see that? Here's another strange instruction. Go to church, gather with the saints, and worship God together. What a strange instruction. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of Christ's coming back is drawing near. So God tells us to come to church and worship Him together. Because God knows when we worship as a body, we are acting our faith, demonstrating we believe God's Word is true and our needs are met. Worship is a sign to God, I believe my needs are met. That's the greatest release of faith there is, is worshiping God because of what the Word says in a time of lack, sickness, challenges, whatever it might be. That shows God we believe His Word. And that's why God wants us to do it, so He can bless us because we are worshiping Him as an act of faith together. We are the body of Christ. The hand can't function as a hand 
if the fingers and the thumb are in different places, separated, different locations. They have to come together, the fingers and the thumb, before the hand can work as a hand. Satan is desperately trying to separate the body of Christ, one member from the other, so that we can't function as a body. COVID-19 is all part of his strategy to separate us, keep us in our houses so we can't function as a body to be effective as a body and it limits God's blessing in our lives because we're not able to worship him together. So I recommend, encourage, invite you to come to church and worship God together so you can walk in His supernatural blessing. Now, I understand that God knows if there's a real, real reason why you can't do it. A real reason why you can't do it. But if you are able to do it and we don't do it, then we're not going to experience the greater blessing. Yes, we'll be blessed, of course. But the greater blessing, we can't walk in that. We can't walk in that. So, but as I said, God knows if there's a good reason and you can't make it, He understands that and He will bless you. I believe that all these strange, seemingly foolish instructions were placed in the Scriptures to show us today that there is supernatural grace poured out for our provision when we follow God's plan for our life on a daily basis. The benefits of following the Holy Spirit are enormous, child of God, enormous. I'm going to share with you some personal experiences that will highlight this truth and make it even more real. 2006, Pastor Bev and I built a home here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, unfortunately, the builder had a gambling problem, a gambling addiction. And he gambled our money away. We paid him, he requested payments at certain times. And there came to a time when we had used up all of our money. And only 60% of the house was finished. When I discussed this with him, we found out they'd gambled our money away. The 40% that should have been used to finish the house which was a lot of money. Anyhow, um, we found another builder who was willing to build the house and finish it all for us. And I went to the bank and asked them for a loan to finish the last 40% of the house. And they sent out an evaluator 
And uh, he came back and gave them the valuation. And the bank said, we have loaned you all the money we can for the value of that property. So we had put in all the money we had plus borrowed money from the bank. And the bank now said, we can't give you any more money, which means now we stand about to lose everything. The bank could repossess everything and sell it for whatever they can. And I said to the uh, lady at the bank, I said, you know what? I've got inside information. She said, what's that? I said, I've just heard that the value of our property has gone up. And you need to send the evaluator back there because he will confirm what I'm telling you, and then you can lend us more money. And she smiled, and she said, no, that's not going to work. I said, <laughs> I said, look, I'll pay for it. Just send the evaluator to do the evaluation. I'll pay for the evaluation. She said, you're just going to lose your money. I said, do it. And he came back and said, sure enough, the property's gone up in value. And they, they hired an independent evaluator. They don't have evaluators working for the bank. They hired an independent evaluator to do this. So they lent us the money. We employed another builder to finish the house. So two years later or so, it's now 2008. And um, the Lord kept telling me that there's going to be a worldwide financial crash. And I told Pastor Bill, I said, you know, there's going to be a worldwide financial crash this year. And what's going to happen is, the stock market will crash. There's going to be a run on the banks. And property market, the houses will go down to 50% of the value that they are now. Now, if that happens, our house will be owing a lot more money on it than what we could sell it for if that happens and will happen. I said, we've got to sell our house now. And Pastor Bev didn't quite like that idea. Now, I could have sold the house without a permission, but I don't like doing that. I want unity and harmony in my home, and so on any major decision I make, I always like to either let her convince me not to do it, or I convince her to do it, so we have harmony and agreement in the house. And just then, her parents came to visit, Sheila, Palmer, and Rob. Now, Rob is her stepdad. And they both have their own business in property, real estate. So I told them, I said, now, look, the Spirit of God has told me there's going to be a worldwide financial economical crash. Banks are going to, they're going to be running the banks. Stock market is going to crash. I told them what the Holy Spirit said to me. Now, they could have said, now these are highly intelligent people. They could have said, look, 
that is, that's not happening. That's never happened. That's not going to happen. That's never happened. Are you sure you heard from God? They could have said all that. They never did. They listened to my story. And they turned and spoke to each other and said, you know, if God's told that to Theo, then he should go ahead and sell the house. And so Pastor Bev now had this discussion with their parents. And they convinced her that we should sell the house. So I prayed. I asked the Lord, okay, fine, how shall I do this? And the Lord said, find a piece of paper and write on it. FYI, I'm going to sell this house just to let you know. And put that piece of paper, stick it with tape on the door of the neighbor's house. That seemed like a strange instruction because they're not even there. They live in Mexico, Mexico City. Okay? And they come, this, the house, this is their holiday home. They come to America, they live here for three months of the year, one month at a time throughout the year. Come Christmas time, they come certain times of the year. And um, so I wrote in it, and I said, dear neighbor, I'm just letting you know I'm going to sell my house, FYI. And I stuck this on their door. About a week later, I got a knock on our door. Open it up, there's a realtor, real estate agent. Found this stuck on the door next, uh, door next door, and we are hired by the owners to care for this property while they are away, because they live in, in um, Mexico City. I said, no, I know that. They said, just so happens that the owner of that house told us that their friend wants to buy a house in this neighborhood as close to them as possible. And they're multimillionaires, and they want to pay cash for a house, and there's no houses for sale around yet, so are you interested in selling the house? I said, yes, we're going to sell the house. Well, look, hang on. They want to buy it, and it's a cash deal. I said, fine, make me an offer. And they made me a full offer for exactly what I wanted, cash. So within a few days, that house was sold, sold. Well, we moved out the house, and a few days later, the stock market crashed. There was a run of the banks. The whole world suffered, and properties went down to 50% of their value. So our house now, at that point, would have been worth much less than we owed the bank. But as it worked out, because of God's guidance, we had money in the bank. We paid off what we owed on the house, paid the bank, everything, settled them, and we had money in the bank after that. Then we went off and built a new house when things got better. Well, praise God, I believe, family, in following the Holy Spirit. Now, I can tell you many stories like that in our life of what happened. So I recommend you do this.
God is willing to guide you. You don't have to beg for guidance. Don't have to beg for guidance. God desires to guide us continually every day. You are his child and he loves you. God loves you more than you love your child. That's a fact. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 17, in verse 26, reading from the NRV, from one man God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And God determined the times set for them. In other words, God determined the time that they would be born and the exact places where they should live. So God determined exactly when we're going to be born, which era, and he has a plan of where we should be living. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God prepared a plan of good works for us to do long before we were even born, long before God made the worlds. Yes, God has a plan for our lives. Hebrews 12 verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, now that huge crowd of witnesses are all those who've died and gone on before us. They're in heaven now watching us run our race. Remember, this is Hebrews 12, 1, which follows Hebrews 11, all the great hall of fame of people of faith are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. And there's no chapter markings in the original Greek, no verses. So, this letter of Paul's writing to the Hebrew Christians is unfolding, and he's, he mentioned all these great people of faith. Then he says, so, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of people of faith in, in heaven watching us run, he says, let us strip off, strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So he says, lay aside every weight. Now, you can't win a race if you're running with um, five kilograms in each hand. You're just not going to win the race. And uh, that's a weight, something that is scripturally allowed to do and blessed of God to do. But if you overdo it and keep doing it in place of time with God, then it becomes a weight, all right? And especially the sin which so easily ensnares us, we can't run that way in a snare. And then he says, let us run the race with endurance, the race that God has set before us. It's not a race we choose. It's a race God has chosen, God's plan for our life. So if we'll run God's race, child of God, we're going to live in the realm of abundant blessing. Every train will get to the right station if it stays on the track. 
in these scriptures, we see that God has a plan for our life. And on that plan, or in that plan, God has planned to provide blessings for you along the way, to meet your need, to finance your journey. In the next few scriptures, we will see that God is willing to guide us along that special plan. John 16, 13, Jesus said, When he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, and he will tell you things to come. He will tell you the future. And that's exactly what he did for me. He told me about the worldwide financial crash and said, sell your house. Otherwise, you're going to owe the bank money. If you try and sell your house, you'll end up selling it, and you won't get enough to pay the bank. So sell it now. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Let's say that. Say this, Lord, I give you permission to order my steps. Praise God. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Say that God always guides me. In triumph means it's victory. Victory ahead when God guides. Victory ahead when God guides. And then he says, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. All right. These things are wonderful blessings that God has for us in our future. All the blessings of God are ahead of us as soon as we start following the Holy Spirit. So not only does God have a plan for your life, not only does God provide guidance for your life, but He's also giving you abundant grace to carry out that plan, to carry out that plan. God is willing to pour out so much blessing if we'll just be willing to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So say this with me, please. And let's hook up with the Holy Spirit right now. Say this. Dear Holy Spirit, thank you for guiding me. I know you are willing. I see it in the Bible. And I accept your guidance every day. I receive your guidance. Now say this. I have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to do whatever I have to do every day. Write that down. Say that several times a day. Here we go. I have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to do whatever I have to do throughout my day. One more time. I have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to do whatever I have to do throughout my day. Now, if you'll say that, keep saying that, you'll find ideas will come that you never even dreamed. And blessings of God's grace will pour out in your life. It'll just blow you away. God loves you so much, child of God. Let Him do it for you. Amen? All right. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes.
If you want to be sure that you will go to heaven one day, I'm going to pray a simple little prayer, and God will speak to your heart right where you're sitting now and confirm with you that you will go to heaven and you will not go to hell. If that's something you desire to be assured of in your heart, then you need to invite him to share that with you by simply slipping up your hand before I pray this prayer. So I'm going to give a count to three. If you'll just slip your hand up and take it down, that'll indicate to God that you invite him to give you that assurance that you will go to heaven. Are you ready to do that? Let me count. One, two, three. All right. Put your hand up. Now take it down. Now, say this little prayer with me, please. Everybody, especially those who raise their hands. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me. You died in my place, Lord. You're punished for my sins, so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Please forgive me, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come into my heart. Praise God. I declare Jesus is the Lord of my life, and I'll live for you, Jesus, with all my heart until I see you face to face. Praise the Lord. You may open your eyes, give you all a great big praise God and clap. I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. Jesus is proud of you, and we will see you in heaven, but hopefully we'll see you before that. All right. God bless you all. Pastor Bev and I love you with all our hearts, and we are praying for you every day. God bless. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 